one, and we are online. We are live, finally. Yes. Welcome, folks, to uh, Question and Answer, episode 29. I am your host, C.S. Joseph. And joining me tonight is Mr. J. Uh, Mr. J has been uh, with us here at uh, CSJ uh, for, I don't know, are we like at like half a year now, Jay? Since it's uh, been close. Yeah. Uh, back in February, I think. Back in February. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. So pretty close. It's about five months. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been great uh, getting to know Jay. Um, uh, started off as a as a coaching client. We we ended up becoming really good friends, and uh, it's just been it's just been fantastic. He's also got his uh, uh, sexy radio voice. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Thank you. yeah, he's uh, Jay here, um, folks, is uh, learning to, um, you know, uh, studying to become one of our first licensed coaches at uh, CSJ and uh, get uh, really capable as a, as a typist here on for the CSJ community. Uh, if you want to message him sometime, uh, you can. Uh, it's Seraph Interrupted on, uh, on the Discord, uh, and having him on the team is absolutely fantastic. Um, so he's going to be taking over tonight for Mr. Jab because uh, Jab has uh, exited the CSJ team. Uh, if you haven't uh, seen the announcement about that on the uh, CSJ announcements channel uh, on our Discord, well, that that happened and Jab is no longer with us. Uh, but uh, Mr. J here is uh, stepping in for uh, Mr. Jab to help us with the questions this evening, which is fantastic. So thank you, Mr. J, for that. Very um, glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. And And honestly, like... I gotta say, like how grateful I am uh, for Mr. J here because I, I've been able to send a bunch of people, especially in the Discord community, to J and like, hey, you know, can you help type this person and whatnot? And I've gotten tremendous positive feedback from like a lot of people that I've sent towards him, saying, "Wow, he's really helpful. Uh, I finally know my type. Uh, it's been, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty useful." Um, you know, and uh, and he's been practicing. He's been uh, working with us for about six months now, going through our training, which is which has been fantastic. And he's he's contributed in other huge ways to the community as well. So uh, so yeah, I can't thank you enough, Mr. J, for uh, for joining me this evening uh, on tonight's live stream. Um, so well, thank you, Chase. Still very much the Padawan here, but uh, uh, glad to be glad to glad to help. Glad to be part of the uh, of the uh, mission here. Yeah, yeah, and 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 if anyone wants to know, Mr. J's type is INFJ, actually. So definitely got an INFJ with us, which is dope. Um, so uh, be that as it may. Uh, so uh, as per our standard format for question and answer, as uh, is episode twenty nine, uh, we're gonna be going through uh, Patreon questions, uh, then Discord questions, then we'll have a little bit of time for YouTube questions. But if a super chat comes in, we're going to stop what we're doing and answer the super chats for our Q and A uh, this evening. Now, again, I, I, I apologize for not having how to type a live stream this week. I was actually in Phoenix on uh, um, doing a business trip uh, for uh, for my day job, so that's kind of why I haven't been around, and also why I haven't any lectures have dropped either. Uh, so I'm looking to change that very soon. I got about three videos going to be coming out, and uh, maybe a fourth one if I can get it. For the new uh, Patreon private season, uh, which we have, I just have to uh, get past a meeting with my staff pretty soon uh, on uh, getting that figured out. So, uh, and yes, Mr. Hornthal, I have considered having an INFP co-host one day, and uh, we'll uh, definitely uh, consider that for sure. 
I'm sure Domes would uh, make an excellent co-host. Uh, he's oh, yes. on the mod team, <laughs> so mm-hmm. he just he just helps us uh, actually edit things and make making <laughs> sure that uh, Chase here knows how to use commas appropriately or uh, or proper uh, colloquial language. <laughs> <laughs> very much so. Yes. He's good at it. He's very good at it. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, fair enough. Uh, let's get this thing started. Uh, I one, guess one and. One announcement, Joseph, oh, yeah, sure, uh, sure. Chase, um, on the t-shirt contest, we've got winners. They're listed out on csjoseph.life, and you can go there and actually buy a t-shirt with, the, uh, with several of the logos. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, thank you all for participating in like, the t-shirt contest. It was pretty awesome uh, to be able to do that. Like, uh, uh, so shout out to uh, all the people that were involved with that uh some of the uh some of the art that was submitted was just absolutely amazing so uh, thank you very much um and uh i did get a coin operated hoodie i need to reorder another one because it was (laughs) way too big i was like wearing it and i'm like man i look like like i like i'm a really big dude right now like i like i need to put on an extra 50 pounds to be able to fit this thing (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah so Uh. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of crazy, but anyway. With that being said, uh, so Mr. J, uh, what's uh, what's our uh, Patreon questions for tonight? Let's get this going. Well, let's let's start off. The first one is from Lucio, and she says, "Just theoretically, what type would be the best at making battle strategies?" Oh, what type would be best at making battle strategies? Uh, definitely, yes. uh, definitely the INTJ, uh, hardcore. Now. Uh, there has been some arguments uh, for ENTJ, and the reason why is because of Napoleon Bonaparte. But the but the difference between the ENTJ is actually their ability to uh, lead from the front, um, which uh, leading from the front is important because when you're in a in a battle situation, if all of the men see the leader uh, actually like putting themselves at the absolute highest amount of risk, they're a lot easier to follow. That gives them a lot more courage and quite honestly in like a hand-to-hand combat situation or like a war situation uh fortune favors the bold right so you have like a a very bold uh battle commander who's gonna do it whereas like the estj stuffy battle commanders they're sitting in their tent behind the army basically commanding their army like let's be honest that's not effective that's not really inspirational come on estjs lead from the front instead of like where you're in your comfort zone but uh, entjs don't really care about their comfort zone because of si trickster so with their SE child and their TE hero, they really like to lead from the front so they can have that amazing battle commander uh, you know, situation. The issue is, though, is that INTJ still, because they are the masters of any skill, they can master strategy more so than ENTJs. So what ends up happening is that the ENTJ ends up implementing the strategy of the INTJ in the battle itself, uh, whereas the INTJ is uh, you know, not necessarily like the you know the main general who's doing that although they can be uh but the thing is is that intjs don't necessarily always lead from the front uh whereas the entj does and this is why napoleon was so successful from a war point of view so um uh and uh, and thank you uh, uh jacob for that uh, uh amazing uh quote from the kogis uh, anime <laughs> that's awesome all right all right all right, next one is from Roserage, and the question is, can you please explain in more detail what you mean by FI equals sympathy? Okay. I feel like, I feel like you always explain empathy, but don't clarify what sympathy is. 
Okay, yeah, so, so F, FI is sympathy, uh, FE equals uh, empathy. Uh, so let's actually talk about that. So an FE user, uh, they are able to feel other people's feelings. Uh, so feel others' feelings. Now, when it comes to uh, feeling other people's feelings is not the same as feeling on behalf of others. Feeling for somebody else. So it's 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 uh, so sympathy is like feeling on behalf of somebody else. It's still your own feelings, but you're reacting to the situation with how you feel about it, and that's what sympathy is. It's it's feeling on behalf of others, whereas uh, empathy is actually you're literally feeling the, the same feelings that someone else is feeling. Right? That's the difference between sympathy and empathy. Empathy and empath can feel what someone else is feeling exactly, and it's exactly the same. It's equal, it's equivalent. Whereas sympathy, it's not the same feeling, it's a feeling, but it's being felt on behalf of another person. That's what sympathy is. So uh, completely uh, completely different. Um, so, so yeah, just be, be aware of the difference, folks. That's the difference between sympathy and empathy, and that's why FI is sympathy and FE is, uh, FI is sympathy and empathy is FE, so. And, and Chase, I assume, I assume that FI users, they can be empathetic, but it take a lot of energy for them to, to, to achieve that. Yes, that's correct. Like, so like an FI hero, they, uh, they can achieve empathy through their FE nemesis. If they choose that, if their FE nemesis is more like developed towards FE ally, which is explained in season 16, episode five, FE ally, basically. It goes in that direction. All right. Okay, next question is from Jenner. Do SE users have a higher rate of restless leg syndrome, especially occurring when they are tired or haven't been active in a while? I've noticed my ENFJ has this when driving or tired and when she gets up to walk, it settles and I'm starting to think it's related to not using the physical side of her strong SE thoughts. I honestly don't know. Uh, there's a really good chance of that. I've thought of something similar to that, but being that I know, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, John Brisson uh, over at FixYourGut.com. Uh, there's uh, some things that involve the CNS with restless leg syndrome, uh, which could be, uh, uh, you know, literally uh, something that applies to gut health. And given what I know about gut health, there's a chance that uh, there's a lot more, uh, you know, to go along with it. Um, and yes, you could also argue it's a mineral deficiency. So in terms of it being anything like cognitive, I don't know. But what I have noticed about the cognitive functions and behaviors like restless leg syndrome, restless leg syndrome may manifest differently in an SI user from an SE user, and that's when you could take the argument. But the cause could be the same, such as poor gut health or mineral deficiency, which I have no idea, quite honestly. Um, we're actually going to be having John Brisson as a special guest on the live stream very soon. Uh, where he'll be able to talk about uh, these types of concepts uh, with you folks, and you guys can gain uh, the benefits of his knowledge, and uh, he'll be uh, answering uh, questions. Uh, so we're going to be doing a, uh, um, he's like one of the world's foremost experts in microbiology we'll be having on the channel, and we'll have a Q&A specific for him, and you can ask him like any health question, and he's very knowledgeable in that, so we'll be having that wow. coming up soon. Yeah, I'd be looking forward to that myself. Awesome. Um, all right, uh, the next one is from Eights. And Aids ask, is it typical for ENTP guys to tease women and try to push their buttons to get a reaction? Can it be a sign of affection or flirting? Mm. 
Uh, it's more of an ESTP thing than ENTP thing because when ENTPs do it, they can come off like super creeperish. Um, whereas like an ESTP doing it is more of a stalkerish approach, but it's like really creepy when an ENTP does it. So an ENTP is after they end up feeling unwanted by so many people in those situations as a result of that behavior, they kind of stop doing it, uh, which is perfectly natural. Um, but yes, it could easily be seen as a sign of affection because what the ENTP is trying to do, especially uh, you know, uh, you know, towards women in that particular moment, uh, it's, it, it really comes down to coquetry. Um, so if you don't know what coquetry is, you need to read The uh, Art of uh, Seduction uh, by uh, Robert Greene, and it explains that uh, specifically. A coquetry is the number one uh, ENTP uh, uh, seductive style. Um, so, yeah. All right. Um, let's go to uh, Sir Ballin. And he asks, in my experience, most NFPs I've known are awful at texting, i.e. they text back after a really long time. Is there any way to convince them to become better at texting sooner? I guess, I guess he's meaning more responsive or at least give notice when they can't get back to you? Will they always struggle with this problem? Okay, uh, I half disagree with that because ENFPs are actually really good at texting. Um, uh, so especially because they're starters, um, it's INFPs that have this issue. Uh, so ENFPs are typically great at texting, but with INFPs, you wanna do it a little bit different. Uh, so here's what you do. If you're frustrated with your INFP not being responsive on their phone, what you do is, is that you make the notification for you reaching them to be as annoying as possible uh, and loud. And where they're forced to respond, where they're forced to, because it makes them so uncomfortable that they have to respond to that point of view. You have to obligate them with your text messages. That's the only way they'll do it. Because they're so SE trickster, they don't really care about their phone. They get so stuck in their own little world. You have to make their phone as annoying as possible. So get a hold of their phone, set up do not disturb for them. If they have like an iPhone so that everyone else is blocked except you, basically. And then when your notifications come in, they're like a special kind of ringtone that's just attached to just you. And it's loud and obnoxious. And then they'll respond to it. Because then they'll have the habit or be trained. You're training them. If you hear this type of notification, you know it's me. That way, it's not drowned out with all the other people uh, in their uh, area as well. So just, just be aware of that. Um, you can also set up a, something similar with ISFPs. SPs typically are the worst at texting because they can view their phones as something that's trying to control them or take away their freedom, uh, with uh, STPs being like uh, the ones who have the largest struggle. And EN, well, ESTP and ENTJs have the biggest struggle with texting out of everybody. Uh, because of that so interesting okay um next one the uncanny aaron asks i have a question about the material csj goes over in the compatibility lectures the whole concept of sesi sexual synchronization is that a theory that you have developed chase or is it sourced from somewhere else yeah that's one of my own theories the next one is uh from Byte. Byte asks, what else can an INFJ do if they want to break out of the NITI loop and using FI doesn't work? Um, so to get out of the NITI uh, loop, you have to really force FE parent development. And the only way you're going to do that is you have to be focused on helping others. 
uh, and being uh, useful. Um, but then, uh, but you do this in such a way where you're being uh, selfless, essentially. Um, because like a selfish INFJ is just gonna have overactive TI child, which is gonna be like super mega cocky, it's arrogant, you know, it's really annoying. Uh, but then like an INFJ who is being supportive and actually helping and then seeking to make other people strong, that's important. But here's the thing, how can you make someone strong without being strong yourself? So developing FE parent in an INFJ means that you are taking care of yourself as an INFJ. If you take care of yourself, if you're going to the gym to get stronger yourself so that you can help other people get stronger, that's how you, that's one example as to how you can develop FE parent. So you develop FE parent with that in mind. See what I'm saying? Like it's super important. Uh, literally, it comes down to this concept right here. Leading by example. That's how you develop FE parent. And that's how you get out of the NITI loop. Don't be a hypocrite. And that's the problem with INFJs. They're like, oh, well, I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, just focus on what's true. Like INFJs, the more you focus on how you feel about something, the more you're going to fail at life. Stop doing it. So. All righty. Um, let's see here. Uh, Runic Knight, or Runic Knight says, hey, Chase, what is the best way for an INTP to disengage the FI demon? Uh, really, uh, to force yourself to be uh, helpful, uh, supportive of other people. It's, it's literally that way. Uh, but if those people don't deserve your support, uh, abandon those people, don't be loyal to them, and find someone who is supportable. Think about it in terms of supportable, people who are actually going to listen to you, people who actually appreciate you. Stay away from the people uh, that don't and uh, be around the people that do. And yes, that is grounds for divorcing your wife, by the way. Now, would volunteering come into play at all in something like that, Chase? Uh, kind of, but not, not like volunteering in an NF way, more like volunteering in an NT way where it's focusing on solving problems instead of healing people. All right, uh, Gravitas Plus asks, will there be a camaraderie compatibility series yes. in INTP? Yes, camaraderie compatibility series is coming. It is just around the corner. It'll be uh, a Patreon private. All right, and he says, thanks for the videos. Um, uh, let's see, Parzival asks, hey Chase, what does a fully developed max stat good noodle INFP look like? Meaning, what does a successful, fully aspirational INFP look like? Uh, Robert Greene, the author of The 48 Laws of Power, uh, who is a scholar, a philosopher, uh, also a, a professor, um, a very knowledgeable uh, individual, uh, very well-researched, uh, could definitely cite his sources, and has a voice that uh, definitely uh, can people hear uh, his uh, feedback and his input. Awesome. Uh, Strange Brew asks, may you give some examples of any SI statements? Any SI statements? Uh, not yet. Uh, that'll be available in season 18. Perfect. All right. And uh, Meta S asks, if Elon Musk had asked you for help to seem 
uh, more charismatic and personable six months before going on Joe Rogan podcast, what advice would you have given him? Uh, I would have just told him to completely be himself and just be in his comfort zone and be willing to criticize Joe Rogan and call him out on his crap. Because you could tell that Elon Musk was too afraid to call out Joe Rogan, even though he like obviously disagreed with Joe Rogan. He just yeah. basically ignored his TI hero and just went full on Effie inferior, which only caused Joe Rogan's Effie child to be pissed off because they're competing in the Effie land, which just made Elon Musk even more behind the scenes and uh, put him like deeper into his shell. So based on that, it's like, okay, what's the point? You know? So yeah, like Elon Musk should have just been like, you know what? Like I'm my own person. I need to have self-respect. And if I disagree with Joe Rogan, I'm going to call him out even on his own show. That would have been the best approach. So, it would probably made for a more interesting show too. Yeah, it would. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kristen asks, "You've mentioned secondary seduction styles for types. What would you say the secondary seduction style for INTJs uh, is?" Um, you could argue it's the coquette. Uh, you could also argue it's the star. Um, I think we've gotten through all of the, uh, the Patreon questions. So let's move over to, uh, and we don't have any super chat yet. So we're going to move over to uh, questions for CS Joseph. Yeah, the Discord questions. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, Valentina Bolovsky asks, why don't ESFPs ever answer their phones? Um, it's because they see their phones as something that's going to control them. My ex-wife has that attitude. She's like, I don't like answering texts. I don't like answering voicemail. I'll just call you when I want to call you. It's that simple. I'm like, okay, we need to communicate though. Ah, we'll communicate. Don't worry. I got you. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Ruminator asks, are there uh, glitches in the matrix or synchronicity of a supernatural sort? Uh... Say that. Say it. Say again. Yeah, she's. It, it's. Are there glitches in the matrix? And that's. She's got quotes around that, or synchronicity of a supernatural sort. I mean, yeah, that's all expert intuition. Read the book Big Magic, uh, by the same uh, author who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Uh, definitely read Big Magic. It's super important, and it actually walks you through. Like Big Magic is the absolute best book that explains extrovert intuition out there. Yeah, another resource that you could look at is also uh, the movie Arrival um, and uh, with Jeremy Renner in it. And another movie called Inc., uh, I-N-K, which came out in 2009. It also explains uh, the character Jacob, the Pathfinder, explains expert intuition to an ESTP. It's really cool seeing their dynamic. So, All right. Terrific. Uh, Sam Wise asks, what would an ISFJ in INTJ superego do and how long could they be stuck there? Uh, if they perceive that they've been betrayed by somebody, they elect themselves judge, jury, and executioner, uh, and then seek to maim other people with this insane sense of vengeance because they think they're right, righteously justified as a result of the betrayal to take on vengeance for other people. It's kind of funny, like, there was an example of it where, you know, a woman who... Uh, who was an INTJ who had this NTP of some kind uh, betray her uh, and cheated on her sexually with uh, somebody else. Um, And then she like, she went in her demon mode and then worked on destroying his reputation, 
uh, got him uh, uh, fired from his job uh, uh, and uh, like sent photos of him, private photos of him to like family members, you know, just absolutely like attempted to destroy his life. And then later she perceived somebody else doing that to her, claiming it was an emotional betrayal where she basically went about the same process of, uh, you know, doing it to that person as well, although the punishment did not fit the crime. Uh, so INTJs have the capacity of taking it too far uh, with their ISFJ uh, superego, uh, when, which, which is kind of interesting. Although SI Demon, though, like, because, like, the demon function actually understands its own self very well, SI Demon, like, because SE Inferior overvalues, and it's not, a, it's not necessarily a bad thing that it overvalues, but it values loyalty so much that SI Demon kind of forces the INTJ itself to be loyal uh, to a point. Uh, and they actually have a really good understanding of loyalty, you know, as a result. Uh, so it's, it's pretty cool uh, how that works. Um, now, I'm not saying any of this behavior is justified. I mean, any superego could take it too far, right? I mean, I have ESFP superego, and sometimes I can be so super spiteful out of no re- for no reason that people are just completely taken aback by how spiteful I can be. But sometimes they deserve it, and it's necessary for their own growth so that I can burn down the forest so that a new life can begin, you know? But ISFJ superego revenge can be taken too far, uh, you know? And, and it happens, you know? Uh, I mean, I, I have been the victim of SI Demon on multiple occasions, even for, even ISTJ. Uh, I recently I had a an INFJ uh, friend of mine who uh, literally told all of my friends in front of me that I was a bad person because I was subject to their ISTJ demon, basically. And oh wow, yeah, I, it, and honestly, that was inappropriate, and it wasn't true. Sure but right. but they but they took it that far and they grandstanded in front of an entire group of people who are my close friends to like say that right because of some criticisms based on information that was actually weeks and weeks old that really had nothing to do with the present but they didn't take their time with their ti child to verify because that's what ti child is supposed to do to verify what's actually happening before rushing to judgment Come on, INFJs, like seriously verify. If you're not verifying with your TI child, why are you rushing to judgment with your ENFP shadow? And then eventually like electing yourself judge during execution with your ISTJ shadow. Like that's not fair, right? You can't do that. No, it's not. So, right. so INJs, you know, with SI demons struggle with that, you know, so. All right, very good. All right, uh, before E Nick asks, why do you encourage people to join your Discord? when you have people here typing people in inaccurate ways, spreading false information on a consistent basis, do you believe this should go unmanaged when it holds the opposite value of what you aim for? Uh, Absolutely. Because we have this thing called freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Also, people need to have the opportunity to practice how to type. I can't just expect perfection from people just starting out. They're practicing. You know, sure, there's people on on our Discord server who are very skilled at being typists, like you, Mr. J, or or Kana, uh, anyone who's met Kana, K-A-N-A. She's a great typist. Shout out to Kana. She does a great job, um, you know, and uh, she's been pretty accurate. Uh, she's uh, There's one particular uh, person on the server who I struggle with typing due to extenuating circumstances um, that I, you know, that I'm not allowed to discuss, but... 
Uh, she provided some assistance in that area, and I'm very grateful for her help. But yeah, like uh, she's uh, she's pretty cool, you know. So, and interestingly enough, both of you are INFJs because <laughs> <laughs> INFJs are naturally amazing at this science, which is awesome. Uh, but anyway, the point is like it, it's all about a learning environment. That's all it is. Like, how can I, like, when people join my Discord server, how can I expect them to, like, you know, be perfect at typing? Like, that's ridiculous. No. You know, obviously, some people are more skilled than others. Obviously, people are going to get mistyped. If you want to actually be verified, well, guess what? Get a typing session with me, and we'll verify it. We have it over Zoom, right? Uh, I get to know you. I get to use a method that I don't talk about in my streams called the rapport method. The rapport method is a, is a really cool method of how to type somebody. And we use that in coaching. I don't talk about it in streams. I don't talk about it in lectures because it's behind a confidentiality agreement. We go through the rapport method and then we're able to arrive to the truth. And guess what? If for some reason I get it wrong and I've gotten it wrong uh, three times, I believe three or four times ever uh, since starting this enterprise, et cetera, guess what? I give them another free coaching session and we go through all the evidence again and then we verify because TI Parent has to verify. You see what I'm saying? The bottom line is if you're joining the Discord server and you're getting typed, make sure you verify. Don't just take someone's word for it. You gotta reach the conclusion yourself. You gotta understand the material self. That's all this environment is for, folks. You know, that and we also get to like tell you guys, hey, you know, we have this, right? We uh we, we can send out a ping, be like, hey, there's a stream here, you know, where it helps us communicate with the community as well. You know what I'm saying? So that's 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 why the Discord server is there, folks. It's not like I can't just be out there like policing everyone. Oh, you're a bad typist. Stop talking. It's not about that. It's it's all about practice. People are practicing, so let them practice. Exactly. It's learning, and there's plenty of people out there who who uh, understand the science and its checks and balances, and and people teaching people. Yeah. Exactly. All right. We're going to go back to Patreon. We've got a new uh, Patreon question from Ginger Assassin. Awesome. Hey, hi Chase. Do you believe that type uh, has dominated, or I'm sorry, do you believe that type have dominant or recessive traits when it comes to genetics? My dad is the same type as me. Uh, from an epigenetic standpoint, the question is absolutely yes. From a regular genetic standpoint, uh, no. I, I don't, but epigenetics, yes, because remember, epigenetics is that thing where like, you know, you take a bite of food, your genes are changing in real time. Every action you take and also external factors of your environment change your genes in real time every single day, 24 hours a day. And uh, they're activating and deactivating genes on a regular basis on the epigenetic genome. If you need to learn more about epigenetics, read the book Deep Nutrition by Dr. Catherine Shanahan. It has a great uh, primer on how food can help uh, your, uh, affect your uh, epigenetic genome. Oftentimes, uh, when the epigenetic genome was first discovered, they thought it was a bunch of junk DNA left over from the evolutionary process. But scientists come to realize that the epigenetic genome is actually constantly moving and people are moving across the epigenetic genome. Imagine it's like a ring of full potent genetic potential. It's got positive and bad, uh, good and bad genes on it. And that person is like a fixed point on this ring and it's just moving across the ring, basically. That is, uh, uh, that's, uh, that's epigenetic science. So because you have preferences with your psychological type, you have preferential behaviors, 
which means you're more likely to activate and deactivate certain genes in the epigenetic genome, which affects your genetic expression. So yes, your type affects your genetic expression, but it doesn't affect your genes outside of that, or your genes don't affect your type outside of that either. It's all about uh, genetic uh, uh, expression. So that's how I'd answer that question. Fascinating. Um, Ash asks, do you think God created metaphysics? If physics was created, wouldn't that imply that metaphysics, metaphysics was also created? Or did God dream up physics through metaphysics? Um, I, uh, I honestly don't know because that just becomes a chicken or the egg argument, like super quick. That's like yeah. chicken or egg. I mean, uh, so I, I, I really can't answer that question. I don't know enough about that subject matter to really particularly say. I know that metaphysics exists, chaos exists. I know that physics exists and order exists. I, I, uh, in terms as to which one came first, uh, I really don't know the answer to that. Perhaps both are there simultaneously because what affects one affects the other. Like it's just the difference between light and darkness, right? Darkness is just absence of light. Chaos is just absence of order. Cold is just absence of heat. Do they actually really exist? You know, those are, that's the real question. So, oh. All right. Um, Shelby asks, what is the name of the video that describes how the functions consume each other and how do I find it on your website? Say again. What's the name of the video or lecture? Oh, oh that's that... Cognitive Synchronicity. That's season five. Go, so go to season YouTube five. channel, go to playlists, watch season five for that. Terrific. All right. Next one is from Sam Wise. And he asks, what types are most likely to be part of an ESTP's wolf pack? Ooh. Uh, definitely STJs and NFPs. For sure. Uh, but beyond that, uh, there's definitely uh, NTPs can as well. And every now and then SFJs, but not so much. Uh, but I mean, it, it's kind of really subjective, but mostly SCJ and NFPs. For sure. Okay. All right. Uh, the Uncanny Aaron asks, do you use your NE to drive with? Similar to the way people use SE to drive with? Oh, Absolutely. Because I can use my NE and I could focus on the road and I could see everyone's possible futures on the road. And I know exactly where each car is going to go before it goes. And then I could plot a course of getting through the cars based on how the environment is changing around me in real time. That means, means that as, with, as an NE hero, I can weave traffic unlike nobody and like seriously get to where I'm going faster than everybody else. Simply because I'm aware of where everyone else's future is. And then I just adjust my future to like flow like water between all of their futures. And then I own it. Could it be stronger than SE in that regard? Uh, can it be stronger than SE? Uh, kind of. I mean, like SE hero versus any hero. Uh, NE hero is going to win in the end because it's still future-based. Uh, but like in the moment, SE will win. Uh, but outside of the moment, NE is going to win in the end. So it's kind of like a, a, like a tortoise versus the hare argument. The tortoise always wins in the end, which is NE, and uh, the hare is SE. Uh, Gear asks, if an SI user gets stressed in uncomfortable situations, would an NI user act the same way in situations they don't want to be in? In situations they don't want to be in, as well as situations where they have their choice completely removed. Uh, yes. The answer is yes. Okay. 
uh, Swedish autocorrect asks, how do SI heroes withdraw? NI heroes process information gathered, TI heroes think about things, FI heroes evaluate their morals and how they feel. What about introverted SI heroes? So how do they withdraw? How do they withdraw? Oh, they just stop talking. It's like literally the silent treatment or a cold shoulder. Adrian the Lion asks, how can, how can you type someone that has not really developed a sense of self or is constantly switching between their sides of the mind? Is it better to just stay away from them than even try to type them? How do you think borderline personality disorder affects the sides of the mind? That's a little bit... Yeah, I'm not an expert on BPDs, so I'm not really going to yeah. answer that question. All right. Uh, Funny Bear 465. Can you describe a subconscious focused INTP and then a shadow focused INTP? So subconscious focused INTP is very ESFJ. So they're very supportive. They're extremely friendly. They initiate conversation. They don't mind playing the social game, but they're very dutiful about it. Extremely helpful. They'll like start doing someone's dishes for them. They'll assist with babies, for example. They're just like, they just become like the ultimate assistant, basically like the ultimate lab assistant, you know? Whereas an ENTJ-focused INTP, which I met, uh, they're very entrepreneurial, although being entrepreneurial and leading a company can cause them to be super stressed. Steve Wozniak is an example of an ENTJ-focused INTP with his involvement with Apple, etc. And that was some, uh, you know, some difficult, uh, you, know, you know, based on that. So, but yeah. Uh, we've got another uh, Patreon coming in. Sure. And this is Percival Hornthal. Can INXPs out in E and uh, ENXPs? Uh, they can in certain situations. The parent function is extremely powerful, and because it's pessimistic, it has a much more uh, applies more critical thinking to the NE realm, which can increase op uh, can increase accuracy because any hero can sometimes be overly optimistic. And it can bite uh, ENPs in their butts very often. This is why parent functions oftentimes can actually be more strong, more capable uh, than hero functions. All right, terrific. Some good questions tonight. Uh, Dedicata asks, you mentioned before that Chinese society is a combination of many temperaments. Could you please elaborate a little bit more? I think it is an SJ dominant plus SP in younger generations. Thanks. Well, China is a very large nation. Uh, so uh, being that it's very communist, it's actually pretty NF focused in a lot of ways. So you can make that argument. But on like the west side, it's very SP focused. Then it's got a lot of SJ on the east side. So, but I don't know enough about Chinese culture to say for sure. But I do know that because of how large of a nation it is, the largest on the earth, there's definitely a temperament expression uh, in different areas but you go to somewhere like japan where they're trying to like literally maximize every single inch of space that they have there there can be one overarching temperament is a lot easier for that to take place all right we got a super chat first one tonight um, from joseph house i don't know if you believe in hero child loops but do you think that uh, that much like the intj with their nifi loops could an ENTJ also experience an NIFI loop? Uh, I mean, 
they could, if they're aspiring with their subconscious, with their ISFP subconscious, they could experience that loop, but it's, it's mostly attached to the ISFP, ISFP subconscious, excuse me. Um, and then they're actually using it to create a wonderful art or some kind of performance of some kind, like windsurfing or like competing in windsurfing as an ENTJ, right? Uh, that would be one way that it would manifest. And thank you, Rami Fakhri. We've got another super chat for an INTP. Is it, it is very hard for TI to give up its control. How can that happen so that any parent develops itself? Uh, basically you have to find out what people want. Sometimes telling people the truth is not what they want at the time. And what this means is you have to develop a higher level of patience. Now, one can argue that an INTP is the most patient of all the types because they can really lend it themselves to apathy. But patience, being too patient, too patient literally is apathy. So you got to be careful in that area. You got to watch out. Um, and that can definitely be a hamper on the situation. But outside of that, it really, you got to be patient with people and actually spend enough time with them, enough quality time to actually find out what they want. That way you can share certain truths that you know that they need to hear, but in a way that they are able to receive it. All right. Uh, back to the general questions. Cookie asks, do you, uh, do you recommend meditations for INJs? Uh, absolutely, especially because of their lack of uh, introverted sensing. But I recommend INJs do meditation with other SI users present. I don't find any real value in an INJ uh, feeding their God complex of FI child or TI child uh, to be anything remotely meaningful without having an SI user in the room that their SE can borrow off of to know whether or not they're making that SI user comfortable enough. It helps them center themselves. Without having that SI user present, it's not really useful to be meditative on their own. Just it really isn't, especially INFJs who end up having TE tricks and they just start believing in anything, which is really frustrating because TE trickster can literally believe in anything. And then they think that they, they end up starting believing that they're having these magical metaphysical experiences when they're not. And then they're causing other people, they're, they're, they're inadvertently deceiving other people into believing these things when they don't even know what they're talking about because their TE trickster has no idea and their TIA child has no way of validating or even verifying it. That's the thing, folks. You have to verify your own beliefs. And it's funny because INFJs exist to verify everyone else's beliefs, but they have a hard time, you know, sometimes doing it themselves because of the lack of validation because they're TE trickster. So what do you do? Well, they need to be around other S STJs and NFPs to help them adjust their beliefs properly. Otherwise they're at risk of like believing the wrong thing off the cuff. Um. Clint Westwood asks, should NI heroes consider practicing mindfulness? If yes, then isn't it counterintuitive because we are constantly trying to recognize patterns, et cetera? INFJs? Uh, NI heroes. NI heroes, I mean, what pattern are you trying to recognize? Like, are you talking about NE pattern recognition? Because pattern recognition for NI is really to find a pattern in, you know, what has happened in the past. And that's actually SE pattern recognition. Pattern recognition is an SE NE thing. It's not an NI or SI thing. It's just not. The NI SI functions are used to gather information for the self with which then it's uses, utilized to exude through the NE or SE functions for pattern recognition. 
NE has to see patterns of symbols and things that are about to happen. SC sees patterns uh, within things that have already taken place. It's like looking forwards versus looking backwards. So, all right. Super chat. Thank you, Lucas Martinez. A follow up with subconscious theory. I noticed uh, I sub transition. I activate stress hormones such as adrenal, cortisol due to environment. Blood from prefrontal cortex is pushed to arms, legs for fight flight. What do you think about that? So is the experience of going into the subconscious negative? Uh, like, that's kind of where I'm coming from on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you think, Jay? Uh, what would you offer in that regard? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, if the subconscious is where your joy is, um, uh, I would think it would be a positive uh, yeah, potentially, but no, you bring up a good point because, because like, uh, like for example, you know, you know, those people out there like ISTPs that are like, uh, or, or even ESTJs, they're, they're adrenaline junkies or ESTPs even, right? right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. So that's what, you know, and, and, and your subconscious, if you're aspiring to your subconscious, you know, it's, it's elating to you. Right. So, uh, so sure, you know, being adrenaline junkies, you know, again, it's, it's still a drug, right? You could be addicted to right. it, right? So, you know, just got to think about it in that regard. All right. Uh, another super chat, Josh Up Reviews asks, books for INFJs, are we sirens or ideal lovers? Um, INFJs, they really focus on trying to be the ideal lover. I have known some INFJs to be sirens. Uh, it can happen. Um, let's see here. Um, that's, that's about it. Are we sirens or ideal lovers and, and asking about books, uh, for them, I guess we could refer them to the, uh, to your website, csjoseph.life. Um, yeah, uh, books wise, um, for an INFJ, the number one book I would say is Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. Also No More Mr. Nice Guy, uh, 12 Rules for Life, uh, would also be an important one as well. I'd say. Mm -hmm. All right. Private label masters. Thank you. Another super chat. ENFJ female and INTP male. How to make it work. ENFJ is a brat and feels misunderstood by the world. INTP also feels like uh, he's getting bossed all the time and can't stand it. Okay. And then you have Dexter in the uh, YouTube chat where he's like, well, Chase is going to say divorce. <laughs> <laughs> and Dexter's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Dexter. if you're with your pole, if you're in a relationship with your polar opposite, like seriously, get out and do yourself a favor and move on. Like it's, it's just not worth it. I get that it's a high camaraderie uh, relationship, but even then it's just not something, um, it's a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder relationship. It is not a face-to-face -face relationship. You just can't have a face-to-face -face relationship, you know. And uh, it, honestly, don't even don't even bother at this point. It's it's not worth it. It really is not worth it because the INTP and the ESFJ are competing for recognition with each other. And uh, unless they choose not to compete, and they're competing with which person needs to be more comfortable than the other, they have to choose not to compete about their comfort level, not to compete about getting the other person to want. They have to just stop caring about feeling wanted or not. You can't tell that to an INTP or an ESFJ. So right. they're, not, they're both going to feel unwanted. So, yeah, 
definitely a move on, in my opinion, would be a recommendation. The competition is Oh, if it's there. an ENFJ. Okay, so ENFJ and an INTP, that is actually a, a, a capable, um, a, a, a relationship I do recommend. They have super high sexual compatibility, second highest sexual compatibility. Um, so in this case, the uh, the ENFJ, go back to the super chat. Which one's the male or the female? Sure. Hang on just a second. Um, let's see. The ENFJ is female. INTP is male. Okay, so INTP is male. That's that's hard, um, but doable. So uh, basically, the ENFJ female is going to have to spend a lot of time researching, using that TI inferior to verify absolutely everything, because that TI hero can become overly optimistic, and it can add and it can make some assumptions because it's optimistic, but also leads to like a high level of arrogance. So the uh, ENFJ uh, in that particular moment, you got to research everything. So anytime you share your thoughts with the INTP, it's backed up by actual research and sources and references. So you have to use your TE, basically, your TE demon to be able to do that. And it takes a lot of time. So you have to pick your battles with the INTP because you're still responsible for respecting the INTP regardless. Uh, it's pretty important. Um, so I think my camera might have dropped. I'm uh... not sure about that. Maybe the stream is... I might lose the stream here. If that's the case, I'll start up a second one and we'll go back into it again. Hopefully it can catch up. <laughs> I'll be getting a... Uh, well, I, I'm i actually going to be moving the studio probably soon, maybe this weekend actually, so this is not an issue anymore. Um, so can we verify if it's actually still there? So I had some drop frames there for a second. Seems like it's still... Still going, I hope. So, let me see. Uh, I'm gonna send a text message just to verify. Okay. Okay, so. Yeah, I think we're frozen. Okay, we're frozen. Verify this real quick. Okay. Did I lose the stream? Just need someone to verify. Did you see the live live stream discussion channel? See if anyone's talking in there. Let's see here. Uh, I don't see anybody talking. Yeah, just go ahead and ask. You like a... Oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. All right, cool. They can hear us. Well, at least they can hear us, even though the video just kind of stopped. So... It's a screen frozen. All right. Oh, the terrific. screen's frozen, but they can still hear us. Okay. Well, it'll catch up at least. We can answer the questions. All right. Fair enough. All righty. So um, where are we, Alebov? 
uh, we are going uh, back here to um, Dragon Man. He asks, how do you shut down an ENFP? How do you shut down an ENFP? Uh, you basically guilt them. You, you prove to them how selfish they are in comparison to other people who are actually very charitable and giving. That's the best way. Oh, sure. All right. NP asks, what would you recommend for an INTJ female who is too much in her head instead of really living life, like getting a boyfriend, etc.? Um, that kind of sounds like more like an INTP, but it can happen to INTJs. Uh, basically, you got to call them out on underperforming and put them around people who are more successful than they are to create jealousy within them, basically. And then all of a sudden, they're motivated to make it work. Um, Vokail asks, can ISTJs be nymphomaniacs too via their shadow? Uh, yes, but not as much as ESTPs. All right. Stormy C asks, how do, uh, how do you get along with sensors, preferably without too much effort on my part? I think they can tell when I'm disingenuously trying to act normal. I'm an ENTP. Uh, I just don't even bother trying to act normal. I just bother to be myself. And if a sensor can't handle it, I just move on. I'm not here to like baby them. So, well, and, and that's, that's the truth for anybody. Is it not? I mean, we should just yeah. be ourselves. Um, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Mau Mau asks, what are your go-to questions to type someone? Uh, if we're going to talk about like the rapport method, that's not something I could talk about, uh, openly in the stream. The only way anyone can find out is by getting a coaching session. All right. Um, Bill asks, you said the INTJ seduction style is the siren. Since it's usually thought of as female only, what is the male siren like? Uh, the male siren, um, I think a really good example of the male siren uh, would be that INFJ guy. Uh, gosh, what's his name? He's on The Bachelorette. Um, he's the INFJ that we typed in The Bachelorette episode. Forgot his name. I wish I had my notepad next to me because I could like actually like read it and whatnot. Um, but... Uh, and I can't recall, actually. I can't recall his name either. <laughs> I forgot. Anyway, uh, next question? Maybe... Um, and it looks like uh, private label masters. When we when we froze on the uh, stream, we got we were uh, talking about the INTP male and the ENTP. Yeah, 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 yeah. the ENFJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, sorry we got like derailed there. I am a starter type yeah, guys. Sorry uh, about so that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, so the ENFJ. Literally, you have to spend even more time verifying everything. You got to verify the TE nemesis belief system of the INTP. Uh, whenever you can, solve your problems with sex. Like seriously, whenever you can. Uh, very, very important. Uh, INTPs are cool like that. Uh, ENFJs are cool like that. ENFJ, INTP, it is actually highest sexual compatibility. I know I said it differently. Otherwise, I was, I was thinking INFJ at the time. But they have highest sexual compatibility. Leverage that as much as you can. Uh, it can make for a good relationship. And just recognize you have an FE loop. Don't guilt each other. Like, seriously, don't guilt each other. And stop trying to extract recognition from your INTP husband. That's like a waste of time. Like, don't even bother. Uh, and uh, instead, 
you know, give him some recognition for some of the good things he does because he's going to feel underappreciated and both of you are going to feel underappreciated. It's going to create this insane, horrible cycle. So read the book uh, by Emerson uh, Egerix called Love and Respect. It's very Christian-y, so just ignore the church part about it, but just focus on the principles outlined in the book and your relationship will be a lot more successful. Uh, so uh, that would be my recommendation in that regard. But again, the TI inferior is going to have to go out of the way to verify and the INTP needs to be more supportive of the ENFJ, even if the INTP does not agree with the thoughts of the ENFJ. They need to like seriously calm down and allow the ENFJ to think for themselves instead of disrespecting them as a result. All right. Uh, super chat, Connor Tobin. Thank you, sir. Can an ISFP, ENFP relationship work out? If not, why? Can the INFP ESFP relationship work out? No, it's uh, ISFP ENFP. ISFP ENFP. It's very neutral compatibility, pretty neutral. They don't have much emotional compatibility. They have uh, they have uh, decent sexual compatibility, so it could work, but it may be a competition for spotlight uh, or limelight. They could end up competing in that way, which can lead to uh, jealousy. A great example of this is that recent film that came out, A Star is Born, uh, that had uh, uh, Lady Gaga in that film with uh, Bradley Cooper. And that's literally the ISFP, ENFP relationship dynamic. That kind of compatibility is what is shown in that film. So I recommend watching that film to understand how that goes. Because they're both FITE users and one's jealous of the other uh, for their success. And that's something that could happen in that relationship. All right. Lost Trails asks, do certain types do better in day trading? Would an INFJ in the ENFP side of their mind do well? What if an INFJ learned how to trade from watching a master? Thank you. Uh, they could. They could do that if that's all they focused on. And that's the only thing that's important to them in their life. Yeah, they could do that. But that's basically about it. Uh, uh, will they feel fulfilled by it? No, because an INFJ doesn't really care about money like that in the long run. They just really don't. And you, Mr. J, you're in finance. You understand. Like it's not that much of a priority. Uh, no, it's not. And, and I'm actually more in sales. I sell financial, um, services, but it's not, it's not finance per se. I mean, I moved out of finance into sales because it was more my thing. Awesome. Well, that's so, pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Ren Teru asks, how do, um, I'm sorry, uh, it's how does ESFP depression look like? Um, okay. They get stuck in their ISFJ shadow. Uh, they can give extremely closed off, they give you cold shoulder syndrome, not really communicating. Uh, they clam up when there's any form of conflict or anything that might like threaten their status or reputation. Like good luck trying to encourage an ESFP who's depressed, stuck in their ISFJ shadow to testify in court against their rapist because they value their reputation more so of looking bad in front of the courtroom than they do actually putting the rapist to justice. Is this that is, right? Yes, and this is one example as to how, why uh, a lot of rapists get away with the crime, uh, specifically before that reason. All right, super chat. Uh, thank you, Aiden. 
what types would make the best politicians? You alluded to types that type most often to take the path aren't the best to have in power. Try not to cause a political debate here. Okay, uh, I can make an argument for NPs uh, big time uh, as politicians, all NPs, all of them. Uh, I know some really good INTP ones. Uh, Benjamin Franklin was an ENTP. Uh, and there's a lot of good uh, ENFP uh, ones consistently, INFP ones as well. Uh, also, SJs. SJs are very good politicians, very capable at career politicians. Hillary Clinton's an INTJ, for example. I'm sure Aiden would like to see that the INTJs can uh, definitely do well in politics, etc. Any type can, as long as there's a constituency who is supporting them in some capacity. It's very rare that you see STPs in politics, but like Tony Blair, he's an STP, for example. Uh, so it does happen. Uh, last I checked, he was an STP. My, my ESTP mentor claims he's an STP. I'd have to like verify that, but, but yeah, uh, it can happen. Um, but uh, for the most part, the career politicians, they're usually SJs or NPs, the SI users. So, because they're very justice oriented, very law-ish oriented. Well, that would make sense. Um, what kind of okay. questions are we on right now? Uh, we are in the uh, questions for CS Joseph. We've gone through um, at least one for all of the Patreon. Yeah, let's do another round of Patreon. Let's do it. Patreon Q&A. Here we go. Lucy O. What are some advantages of being a control type? And also, what are some advantages of being movement? Okay, so the advantage of uh, being control is that you are actually statistically more successful in pulling off tasks. I was explaining to uh, to an ENTJ uh, this morning. Uh, uh, she was driving me to the airport, and I was explaining this to her, and I'm like, okay, you're very control, so you're very outcome-focused, and because you're control, you do things slower. She's like, yeah, I'm a very slow person. I'm like, yeah, well, that's because you're getting better outcomes. You have a higher success rate of completing tasks than someone like me, where I can complete tasks quicker, but they're not as successful. So that's, that's really the trade-off. You're sacrificing success rate for speed. Look at it this way. You can do things cheap, fast, or right. You can only pick two. So, you know, fast and right or fast and cheap, that's the movement way, you know. Whereas uh, the, uh, the control way is uh, right and cheap. You know, they don't do it fast, etc. And you spent some time in one of your lectures on that very topic. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Sir Ballin. Sir Ballin asks, I realize that my FE parent has mirrored low FI users for too long. And now my behavior around actual FI users can be a bit jarring to them. My friends are not losers, so I do not know. I do not want them out of my life. How can I start finding friends who do have FI and are not depraved? Uh, basically do volunteer work. Like that's the fastest way to do it. Get involved with the church or get involved, uh, Salvation Army or Goodwill or some kind of charity-based organization. Really go get involved, volunteer and, uh, or mentor people. And then you'll find those super high FI users who are a lot more responsible and less depraved because they're giving as well. Jenner asks, is it normal for an ISTJ to have one-sided conversations 
or not validating uh, your part in the conversation. Absolutely. She says, oftentimes I feel that ISTJ is not absorbing what I'm saying and does not care. Uh, And is that FE trickster? Uh, It could be FE trickster, but it's actually more about how they feel. They're, They're putting their own feelings and their own experience above yours. Uh, because they're like, I shouldn't be pressured to do this right now because I'm not pressuring you, which is a covert contract. Uh, and that's why the ISTJ, because the ISTJ exists to give you input, but you can't, but you don't have a TI to receive what they're saying. So they're going to constantly bulldoze you because they're frustrated with you not listening to them, with you not actually accepting their input. When you, as an ENFP, uh, Jenner, exist as someone who is literally just raw input, but he's trying to get you to process. So it's a complete and total waste of time. This is why duality pair relationships should not exist. They should not exist whatsoever. And it just leads to conflict. I'm going to actually be discussing duality very soon uh, in, uh, in an upcoming uh, Patreon uh, uh, lecture series. We're going to be doing a deep dive into duality and why it's absolutely wrong as part of the uh, romantic compatibility relationships. Um, but yeah, like stay away from duality. Uh, and you know, the ISTJ, it's just like, it's all about their experience. They don't care about your experience. Uh, it's all about them giving you input. They don't care about your input. doesn't mean anything to them. It's all about how they feel. They don't care about your feelings in that regard. And, uh, they're just trying to get you to want them, but you're not providing enough desire for them. You're complaining to them about your bad experience and they're complaining to you about their bad experience. And it's not actually helpful at all. Okay. Uh, bite asks, which types are the best and worst at texting back in a timely manner? Okay. Uh, I, Hmm. Okay, so SPs typically are the worst, typically. Um, after, however, they have that one special someone that means a lot to them. They'll do it for that one person. Everyone else, they don't care. Uh, ENTJs are also really bad at responding. INPs can also be pretty bad too because they, they, they can be feel over-obligated. Starter types are very good at initiating and in a lot of cases can be responding if their other person is very responding to them typically, and that's the experience they have with them, they'll mirror that. Uh, and uh, finisher types, they'll finish the conversation. I have known uh, INFJs and INTJs to be very responsive with text messages. I've had very good experiences with them, as well as ISTJs, but not ISTPs. So, oh, there goes Chloe the cat. <laughs> How is Chloe, by the way? Chloe is great. I mean, like, so I came home and to find, like, my house completely spotless because Railgun was over and she cleaned the house. And thank you, Railgun. I really appreciate it. And uh, and then, of course, Chloe was just laying down on my bed. And I was like, oh, there's Chloe. You know, so she was, like, all stretchy and, and soft and, and, and cuddly. And I'm like, okay, little cuddle cat. Fire enough little ESFJ cuddler. She's like, oh, my any child is right here in front of your face. Do you want me? Do you want me around? Do you want to pet me? Do you want to pet me? Come on, come on, pet me, pet me. And then, and then like when I try to pet her, when I initiate, she'll just go away, right? So I like, I move my hand towards her as if I'm gonna pet her, then I pull back at the right end and I'm coquetting her, you know what I mean? So like, 
We yeah. have this SFJ NTP coquette competition between me and the cat right now. So, yeah. <laughs> now you put a picture. You put a picture of her on Instagram. Not too. Yeah, long ago, I did. Right? I did. Yeah, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. It, it wasn't. It wasn't that when she was on the bed stretched out like that, was it? When you took that picture, or was it? <laughs> uh, no, she was stretched out on the floor. She was. Uh, okay. I was. I was shaving at the time, and she's just like looking at me like, what? Yeah, you want this. You want to pet me. I'm soft. <laughs> you want this. But you know, the suit to come over here, I'm going to go away. So you just going to have to look at me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. But she's such That's a love. Fair. Like I'll sit on my couch, and then like she'll just jump on me. But she's slowly getting more comfortable with jumping up on my lap during a stream, though. Like she, So she's, she sat down next to me uh, here in the studio for a little bit, just hanging out. So she's slowly warming up to it. And eventually, I'm sure you guys will see her, like, her tail just sticking up straight going in the camera. But we'll, we'll get there. So. All right. We're looking forward to it. All right. Uh, Eights asks, as an INTJ, how can I get an ENTP to focus and listen to what I'm saying? Sometimes when I'm explaining something important, relevant, and useful to the ENTP, he starts doing something else and then tells me that he wasn't listening. Oh, yeah. Uh, that can happen. You just have to set a boundary. That's it. Just set a boundary so that they understand that it's important that uh, they listen to your input because they'll get distracted because they feel stressed out that they have so much work to get done and they think that they can talk to you and get work done at the same time. And uh, that can be a problem. Uh, I learned with my recent interactions with INTJ women that that's wrong. Um, uh, and uh, I had interacted, uh, you know, since January, I interacted with three different ones very closely. And I realized that it's kind of a dick move to do that to them because SE inferior just doesn't like that. Uh, so I, I got rid of that bad habit, um, you know, as an ENTP, but it really only comes by setting and enforcing boundaries with them. And that way their SI inferior realizes that it's their duty to not do that to you. All right. Now, Chase, we've got uh, a couple of super chats and then about three more on the uh, Patreon. Um, Okay. So I thought we'd work through those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go through those. Uh, only a few minutes left, though, because uh, we're coming up on Terrific. time in about five minutes. All right. All right. Uh, again, uh, thank you, Rami Fakhri. Uh, is it typical for some INTPs to face troubles with his inferiors? What can he do in this case? Even if he is nice and they're still not nice, what could be done? Uh that, that can be an issue, especially like from a social anxiety standpoint, because you don't have the extroverted sensing to give them a good experience. You could bring in like a third party with extroverted sensing to help augment that lack of SE because of SE trickster. Um, or you can actually put yourself in a position where you're being very supportive of them. Find out what it is what they want and help them reach what they want, basically. And you could uh, definitely have that relationship with them. But when dealing with inferiors, uh, you know, as, as opposed to superiors, you know, in a work situation, like in a work situation and you have people working under you, you, you know, sometimes making them feel good and being supportive is not enough. You want to give them a good experience, but you have SE trickster. It's hard to do that. So what you need to do is bring in somebody else that you trust who is high SE user and ask them to help make your students or whoever you're with to be more comfortable, uh, your inferiors to be more comfortable in that situation. And, and to kind of like cover that base. If that's not possible, you have to learn how to emulate extroverted sensing. And you'll actually have to take classes on how to properly dress, 
uh, to outfit yourself, um, to make yourself more presentable, and uh, classes on etiquette, uh, classes on how to be a gentleman, and get that kind of training to help uh, uh, deal with the fact that you have SE Trickster. And that's how I'd answer that. Terrific. Uh, Private Label Masters asks, which are the most intelligent type? Con uh, consoling type, selfless type? There's a lot of types here. Um, maybe we just take the, the first one. What, what do you think are the most intelligent types? Uh, the word intelligent is very subjective. I mean, I can make that argument for TI users, high TI users, but I can't because they're process oriented. And if they have the wrong input, they're going to have the wrong process and end up getting the wrong output as a result. I could make the argument for uh, TE users, but if they're not researched enough, it's not gonna really do very well either. So I can't really classify anyone as like the most intelligent of all the types. However, if I was to actually make a guess anyway, Definitely the FI hero and the TE hero of the INTP and the INFP from, uh, from that point of view. Okay. And uh, Celebrity Rooster. Thank you, Celebrity Rooster. Um, why are the ENFP, ESFP, and ENTP movement, but the, but the ESTP control? Um, the reason is, is because extroverted sensing combined with TI parent uh, it takes a lot more uh, for uh, somebody to verify what's happening in real time because what's happening in real time is a ton of information. Uh, and because of that, they have to, it has to slow things down to be able to verify everything that's happening so that they know what to do. Whereas if you look at an ENTP with any hero, it's stuff that hasn't happened yet. It's outside of reality. It's outside of the moment. It's something coming later. So they can be very movement oriented because it's kind of like they're, they're procrastinating with their decision making due to their perceptions actually taking place at a later time. And that's why they can move a lot faster because they're kind of acting more on faith instead of being real. Because the ESTP is actually like the ultimate realist, that's why they have to take their time and be a little bit slower. But because they do that, they end up having better outcomes. Whereas an ENTP whose movement doesn't always, they can do things faster, that doesn't mean they're gonna have a better result, so. Uh, to, to Patreon, and maybe we call it a night here. All right. Um, the first one uh, from Zoe. How, as an INTP, can I help my ENTP friend who has depression? Oh, uh, criticize him. Call him out. Uh, read No More Mr. Nice Guy. Use the principles of No More Mr. Nice Guy, as well as the book called Principles by Ray Dalio. And then use that information to call out the ENTP on their shortcomings. Criticize them. Use TI Hero. Make call into question their manhood or, or their maturity, and uh, hit them up pretty hard. Uh, and that would be uh, uh, how I would do that. The ENTP should respond and realize that it's their duty to change. Yeah, okay. And Strange Brew Thirteen, could an ISFP, perhaps through the ENTJ subconscious, be a good leader, say in entrepreneurship or government? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know a few ISFP entrepreneurs. A really good one out there is Haley S. Walker. She's an ISFP. She uh, is a painter. She has a fantastic Instagram business. Uh, very successful. Uh, good photography. Great paintings. Um, and she's becoming a, a nice entrepreneur. There's also Raylan, uh, which is at Cajun Raylan. C-A-J-U-N-R-A-Y-L-I-N. Raylan is uh, fantastic. The, the, uh, the paintings that you see in the studio are from Raylan. God bless her, uh, and uh, she does great work. She's also becoming an entrepreneur as well. 
so please support her business by visiting her Instagram and buying some of her paintings because her paintings are amazing. Uh, so yeah, like definitely, uh, they make great entrepreneurs and it usually has something to do with, uh, you know, their performances or their creative capabilities or helping other people become creative themselves. You see a lot of master classes that are hosted by ISFPs, uh, you know, with when it comes to music or painting or anything creative basically. So yes, the answer is yes. That does it, Chase. All right, awesome. Uh, Thank you, gentlemen and ladies, uh, for coming. I apologize that the stream basically froze on everyone. We're going to get that fixed for the next one, but at least we have the audio, so at least we can go out on the podcast. Thank you for your patience on this, and and thank you, Jay, for uh, coming here for your first night. That was was pretty good, um, and a good job. And uh, I think we're going to be uh, uh, having some uh, more fun here as we got an additional uh, co-host who's going to be joining us in the near future as well. So, but yeah, uh, awesome. Uh, we'll see you guys on uh, Tuesday, but I think I'm going to be doing an episode of Who Triggered CSJ very soon. So look for that uh, probably uh, this weekend. And then uh, we're going to have some more lectures releasing as well. So uh, with all that being said, folks, you have a good night and uh, I'll see you in the next couple of days. Bye, everyone.